You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to Sporting News. We have a look ahead uh, here at NFL Free Agency, the top 50 overall, the best by position. We broke that down for you on a show last week. If you need to check that out, they're looking at the offensive skill guys. We're also... In the middle of breaking down teams here, uh, we want to set the table, kind of clear the decks here, of the 2020 season review. We're getting through all the teams. We're now to the third team in the NFC North. It's the Green Bay Packers, so good team to spotlight on today's show. That means we have one more in the division to close out, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, and that will be our next show, uh, barring Anything that happens breaking news-wise with quarterbacks and all that, we'll be on top of that for reaction as needed. But we'll keep powering through with these. We would now be halfway through the league once we get to the NFC North here. So if you missed any of the teams in the AFC East, NFC East, AFC North, those are up there as well. Check those out. So we will dive into the Packers here in a similar format. We'll go through all the positions and then in the end look at... uh, the situation with the salary cap and draft picks and free agency to see where the Packers might improve, what challenges they might face here in 2021 and trying to keep things up logistically on top of uh, just players producing at different levels here uh, from 2020. Now we know the standout guy was Aaron Rodgers. He finished third in QB scoring. Not a surprise there as the league MVP here for the third time. 24.2 points per game. That was actually fifth, however, when you look at average points per game at quarterback. So still a solid QB1. We know there were a lot of downsides with Aaron Rodgers. He was taken more as a back-end QB1 this year, not as high. So you definitely got good return on your investment. I mean, you were also okay if you went aggressively after Kyler Murray or Josh Allen, thinking they were going to have breakout years, or Deshaun Watson, he stayed steady with him. Russell Wilson, for a good part of the season, was a good value as well. Dak Prescott was looking like that until he went down. But Rodgers really, again, there was a lot of negative vibes with Rodgers, partly because there was negative touchdown regression the previous year. It looked like they were a run-heavy team. But what balanced out is the fact that Aaron Jones, who had 19 touchdowns in 2019, that didn't happen. Rodgers had to throw more. He had got over 40. You had uh, Devontae Adams miss some time again. But he became just a monster factor in the red zone, and other people emerged here as well to help in complementary roles. And a lot of the vibes associated with Rodgers this time last year and then going through the draft was the fact that they really didn't address his uh, supporting skill cast all that much here. And then they used a first-round pick on Jordan Love, but they also used a second-round pick on A.J. Dillon, the running back. So didn't really have a big upgrade if they're receivers stayed status quo with the running game and kept the offensive line intact for the most part uh, just had to replace Brian Balaga there 
And what simply happened was Rodgers made the rest of the team better. He settled into Matt LaFleur's offense in year two and played like an MVP. We've seen this a lot, that second year in an offense. We've seen it with Matt Ryan there in 2016 when he was with Kyle Shannon for year two. Then what do you get? The big explosion. The quarterback is settled. He knows the offense of backward and forward. He had uh, been in offense for a long time with Mike McCarthy, so it broke free from that, understood what Matt LaFleur wanted to do. LaFleur understood what kind of quarterback Rodgers could be to execute his offense. They made it work, both on script and off script, and then you saw the fruits of that here with the Rodgers being fully healthy, focused. I think personally, there was a transition in his uh, life as well off the field, so we know quarterbacks can be affected by that. And uh, definitely now, congratulations to Aaron Rodgers. He is now engaged to actor Shailene Woodley. He also is going to be hosting Jeopardy here. So Rodgers seems to have everything put together right now, personally and professionally. And that's why he's uh, producing at a high level and continues to prove why he's an elite quarterback. And the best, maybe physically, we've seen in the league since the arrival of Patrick Mahomes here overall. So, again... Rodgers is going to keep putting up numbers. He can do it with legs when needed. He's going to put up things through the air. He figured things are only going to get better with LaFleur and the feeling of that. And, uh, again, they just trust a lot of games with him. The defense also had some issues, so the Packers had to keep thinking about throwing and putting up numbers. But it was just vintage Rodgers, the elite fantasy football asset we've seen for many years. And, again, everything just lined up well and. I think we just forgot how great he is in terms of lifting people up and helping receivers improve all around, and that's basically what happened. And then Adams, what can you say? He was locked in with him. Devontae Adams as the go-to guy all season long, and they had a much bigger year together than they did in 2019. So Adams felt it too. Rodgers really used him for some massive numbers here, but a lot of other people helped here. And again, we're feeling like Rodgers will be solidly QB1. We know that can fluctuate here. But I still think he'll be in the upper half of QB and scoring here in the upcoming season, no matter what. Now let's turn to running back. Aaron Jones didn't have the 19 touchdowns, but he still averaged 16.8 points per game and half point PPR. That was number five overall and number six in average points per game. So he was an upper half player at his position as well as an RB1. So you weren't disappointed if you had him. A lot of the damage done as a receiver. The touchdowns did go down a little bit, but he was a complete back, produced at a high level here. You knew there was going to be some touchdown regression. It's really hard to duplicate a 19-score season overall. Rodgers took a lot of those, bumped up over 40. And then Jones kind of fell down to earth a little bit, but still a big year for Jones. And again, part of it is his durability, and part of it is tied to I know people groan about Jamal Williams. He ended up with 8.8s points per game and half point people are 39th overall so just outside into the flex range and 45th in terms of average points per game but that's also a pretty big number when you look at 16.8 8.8 a little bit under what Jones was doing so Williams was involved they also had AJ Dillon work it a little bit in this season and the rookie had some power back opportunities when Jones was banged up and Williams here didn't go away but the usage of Williams is a big reason why Jones is durable and stays healthy and produces in fantasy football. So you want to have a good enough backup. You don't want him to cut in too much to Jones's production. That didn't really happen. I mean, there might have been some times where, eh, why did Williams score? Why was Dylan in the game? But 
you still couldn't complain if you had Aaron Jones. He still came through as an RB1 in relation to the rest of the field. And he was good. And now you potentially look at uh, Dylan taking over as the number two back here in uh, 2021. So something to watch there. But Jones, uh, the biggest thing is we know that he doesn't have a contract. So how much are the, the Packers willing to pay him? I don't think they'll franchise tag him. That's way too much for runner Jones' skill set, especially when you have Williams and Dylan. I know Jones is a special back, but he's not, to me, a Christian McCaffrey type where he's going to just dominate games with big-time touches. It's just not his type of game. Or even Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook. He's a very good back. I think the numbers say he's pretty comparable, but his value to the Packers is limited, and I think they're smart enough to realize you shouldn't invest a lot in running back. So they're going to be careful with the way they pay Jones, maybe go for the shorter-term deal here with him and try to appease him that way, but I don't see them going franchise tag at all. You shouldn't use it on running back, really. Transition tag certainly isn't play. We've seen that before with Kenny Drake and the Cardinals last year, so something to look at there, but... Overall, he's just a special talent, and again, he fits really well in this offense in the zone here for the past two years with the running attack of the floor, this offensive line. So the Packers will do everything they can to keep him, but they also won't break the bank here for that production, knowing that they have Dylan waiting in the wings here to maybe have a bigger role in 2021. So there you go. There's a look at uh, what Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones did mainly here at the quarterback and running back production of the Packers and fantasy football in 2020. We we'll still need to talk about wide receiver, tight end, kicker, and defense. Then we'll close looking at uh, some of the salary cap challenges uh, facing the Packers here in our final segment. Before we get into more 2020 in review with Green Bay, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the cameraman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. At rockauto.com, you'll find a catalog that's unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and most important, prices you prefer. At rockauto.com, you'll find everything from engine control models and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's you, the classic driver, you, the daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, as I mentioned, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on to their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. We'll be right back here to look at uh, Devontae Adams and his uh, special season. For Green Bay. All right, let us uh, continue here with the show. Devontae Adams was the stud among studs. Anyway, he sliced it 21.5 fantasy points per game, and he's just a scoring machine here for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what a year. Number one overall, however you slice it. So, average points per game, half point PPR, overall points per game, and Keep in mind, Devontae Adams, I mean, he didn't even play another full season here. So what a monstrous comeback from that year. That was kind of lost with the foot injury again. We weren't sure what we were going to get from Adams. But, yeah, love to see that here in 14 games, 115 catches, 1,374 yards, 18 TDs. Yeah, big, big year. And full point PPR, that was a bigger boost here. So, 
What a year. Devontae Adams has been a big touchdown scorer in the past. Keep in mind, he had three consecutive double-digit scoring seasons before 2019 where four games were wiped out with that injury he suffered early against the Eagles. But I think there was a potential for him to go nuts like he did. I mean, look at the numbers here, and it's kind of intriguing. When you look at uh, the targets here, he went up from 127 to 149, so only a 22 increase. He went from 83 to 115. So the receptions per game shot up almost by one and a half here to 8.2 from 6.9. But the yards per reception is exactly the same, 11.9. So very similar, really, to his 2018 season pre-Lafleur. He just had uh, the yardage really shoot up in this game. Just seeing a lot of work here. So, yeah, it was very similar when you look at it. He was just more efficient. He had... 111 for 169 in 15 games there in 18. He was 115 for 149 here. And only 12 receiving yards fewer, but five more touchdowns. So we know touchdowns are a fickle beast, but we also know that Adams has a great history with scoring touchdowns. He's a great red zone receiver. And again, the catch rate really went off the charts here. 77.2. He had the league leading 98.1 yards per game here. So... Yeah, so Devontae Adams is an elite receiver, however you slice it. I think he took that next step in reality football to say, hey, he might be the best receiver in the game. But we know 11.9, that doesn't scream field stretching. He's not necessarily the big play home run hitter here. So as long as play was 56 yards, but he's a chain mover, he's a drive closer, and that's why we love Adams. I mean, touchdowns are pretty critical in fantasy football. There's your easiest way to six points, especially at the skill position. So Devontae Adams is very adept at doing that, and you love that season for him. Now, we were debating between who's going to step up, Alan Lazard or Equinamia St. Brown, but it was MVS as the guy that really stood out here, but only 8.1 points per game here. So 52nd there in scoring. So well off the radar in terms of regular usage. That was the thing. He could have a few big plays and have himself a fantasy football day or it was just very shaky here so really you look at the Packers and uh, the production I mean it was complimentary but Adams was so dominant and you look at what he was doing uh, in relation I mean 18 touchdowns is an incredible season for any receiver and then just but he just kind of utterly dominated what you got from Rodgers because Rodgers ended up with 48 so Really, more than a third of the touchdowns came from one player. And then it was kind of spread around here. MVS ended up really, really awkward line. Three, or 33 catches, 63 targets, 690 and 6. Al Lazard, 33 for 46, 451 and 3. So, again, MVS was the one available for all 16 games. Al Lazard battled that core injury. He only played in 10 games. St. Brown has kind of faded away. From this offense. So, yeah, MBS by default was the guy. And I know he had some tough games there where some uh, heat he got from the fan base. But really, when you look at it, I mean, it was by committee there. But uh, there's a big reason the touchdowns weren't as big for MBS. He was a big play threat. He averaged 20.9 yards per catch. So, clearly, he was the field stretcher. St. Brown had his moment 16.7. But Al Lazard only 13.7 yards per catch. So overall, I mean, MBS was the occasional guy, but they didn't throw to him a ton. 
And again, they specifically had a role of stretching the field. So I wonder if they're going to go in a different direction, looking for a, a more dedicated slot receiver to be the number two. Are they happy with MVS as an occasional deep threat? Do they go in the draft and go after that? And there are a couple of people they could look at. We'll talk about them as options here that I think they do need to think about addressing wide receiver despite Rodgers' MVP season and tabling the position last year. I think they could use some help because MBS, Lazard, St. Brown, these guys are not necessarily guys that are going to help opposite Adams take over games. You need to take a little pressure off Adams. Again, we don't want his numbers to go too far down to, make, to take him away from a fantasy football, but you want some reality help for the uh, go-to guy of the Packers there, and, uh, other than the occasional MVS. So, yeah, it was kind of a dark throw tournament plays in DFS for MVP, MVS, mainly Alzard, quite simply unplayable here. So, yeah, we want a little bit better from that position here in Green Bay. As we're always looking for more production, even a high level is not enough from our quarterback and receiver. We want more and more options in play. Now, part of the uh, touchdown limitations, I, I mentioned that he had 18 of 48 come from uh, Devontae Adams. Well, another 11, so more than half, 29 of the 48, came from Robert Tunyon. He was super efficient. This is a ridiculous number. 59 targets, 52 catches for Robert Tunyon. When Aaron Rodgers was targeting Robert Tunyon, he was pretty sure that he was open and going to score a touchdown. So look at that touchdown rate here. So 11 TDs, only 52 receptions. So better than 20% touchdown rate. He also had 11.3, so a little bit under Adams, but also seen as a very similar receiver. So he ended up being the true complement when you look at it because he also played 16 games. They tried to work in Jace Sternberger a little bit. Mercedes Lewis occasionally would score. And uh, the other tight ends combined for four scores here. But, again, big season for Tunyon breaking out here. Sternberger, we thought, could be the guy, but he just simply couldn't stay healthy. Tunyon had teased a little bit as kind of a wide receiver tight end hybrid, but he really comes through. And in a year where the fantasy football production Tight end was a bit of a desert. He averaged 9.4 points per game in fantasy. Half point PPR. Third overall. That's amazing. So you got amazing return on investment and for Tunyon who wasn't drafted even in the league. So that was your gem here in a year where you really needed one of those at tight end. Tunyon was the man here. 11 today. So you had George Kittle and you lost him to an injury. You had Tunyon. You were in business here. So fifth in terms of average scoring. But yeah, real touchdown dependent. The numbers weren't big in the receiving game. Again, when you go 52 and 586, that's not a lot available there. But touchdowns we know can be fickle. So again, let's hope Tunyon's role expands so he can get closer to the like the 70 catch, 750 yard range. And then we're okay if the, the touchdowns drop a little bit here, even under double digits for the uh, Packers tight end. But big year for Tunyon, one of the best uh, steals there early on the waiver wire in fantasy football. Now, Mason Crosby, you might think he was more involved, but only 19th in scoring, 7.9. Part of it is they dominate in the red zone between Aaron Jones and Adams and Tunyon and Rodgers throwing the ball in there, Jamal Williams running. The Packers finished a lot of drives, and Crosby was a little off in some games on the longer range. So getting older, you can see the signs of that in his leg, but certainly the Packers... Uh, had to pivot there. Now, let's look at uh, defense special teams. Uh, the 
Packers actually are not that great. They finished 18th, so this is the reason they moved on from Mike Pettin as their defensive coordinator. They tried to stick with it for a couple years under LaFleur, but just not the results and the big play quotient that they should have when you have some key guys back there like Adrian Amos making plays and all that. So really they should have made a lot more plays. Uh, their pass rush was a bit disappointing here. So it's uh, definitely it was time for an upgrade. You had to... Zadarius Smith had 12 and a half sacks, and then they had to kind of do it by committee. Rashawn Gary at least showed up as a first-round pick with uh, five sacks. But, yeah, it was basically Preston Smith with four, just different people just chipping into that pass rush. So not exactly enough there with pressuring the quarterback. And again, I mentioned Adrian Amos. He was pretty good, but he only had two interceptions. Darnell Savage had four. There, Christian Kirksey, who they released here, had two of them. So... Not a lot of picks when you look at it as a team for the Packers. Only 11. So you're looking for more than that. And the sacks were underwhelming as well. So simply put, we want to see more than that uh, number. 11 picks and uh, 41 sacks. That's just not going to do it there consistently in fantasy football as a defense special teams. All right, so there was a breakdown of all those things for the Packers in terms of what they did in 2020. we got to look ahead to 2021, and we'll do that in our last segment. Uh, program reminder, February is Black History Month, and Lockdown Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black men and women sports. The new series called Lockdown Presents, More Than a Game. This week, we have two conversations for you to wrap up the month. First, a discussion on protests and sports across leagues. Then tune in for a discussion on the importance of black history in sports. What's been achieved and the important work left to be done in all discussion on the Locked On Presents podcast feed. Subscribe on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. I also have to tell you that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. We know the Golden Globes are coming up. You can get some action on that, and you can get real-time update and odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you cover for all the news scores and odds is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website at uh, betonline.ag and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports week experts. Again, the promo code there is locked on. We'll be right back here to wrap up. Our look at the Packers here in transition with their salary cap and free agency outlook for 2021. All right, so we need to look at the Packers. Uh, not the greatest salary cap situation here, but as a reminder, Thursdays on Locked NFL or must listen as Ryan Tracy and Jake Liskow break down teams across the NFL from an analytics and team building perspective. Get the expert analysis on your favorite teams from Ryan and Jake every Thursday. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So, Green Bay, $11 million over the cap as it stands right now. Projected at $180.5 million. Could uh, increase a little bit, but the biggest concerns there. Have some with the younger receivers, but got Billy Turner, the offensive line at right tackle. They might move on from him. As a cut, as someone they can look at uh, here to get some relief. Uh, Dean Lowry, the edge rusher here. So they might need to move on from their 3-4 front, change things up. 
that's where they really need to improve here. There's been rumors about getting J.J. Watt, but the Packers need to handle their in-house stuff here. MVS, I don't think they'll cut him, but they can get some relief there. Devin Funches is an easy cut after really never playing for the Packers. And keep in mind, they already uh, said bye to uh, Christian Kirksey here and uh, made some changes here, Rick Wagner as well. So there, more changes could be to come here for the Packers to get cap compliant here for 2021. Now, we look at their free agents. This is the biggest concern here. You do have uh, Aaron Jones, uh, Jamal Williams, both free agents. So is Tyler Irvin, their little scat back depth player here. So they got a big decision on Jones. You'd think if they keep Jones, they're not going to keep Williams, especially with Dylan. I just don't see any scenario where they really like to keep all three backs here. I think Dylan could see a bigger role. Will they let Jones walk? Were they simply okay elevating Dylan to the top backup and using him as a change of pace as a power back to Jones being the more versatile feature back? We'll have to see there. They also have uh, some questions there uh, with their own situation. Uh, do they uh, take care of Tunyon here as a restricted free agent? How about Alan Lazard? What do they feel about what he can do? They also have to worry about uh, unrestricted-wise Corey Lindsley in the center. And also a couple of guys in the secondary, uh, Kevin King and Chandon Sullivan, what do they do there in their complementary roles to Amos and uh, Jair Alexander and those guys on the back end. So, again, Tunyon, I think, could get an extension here as a restricted free agent. I think Lazard, they're probably cooling off on and a reason to uh, maybe attack the draft to, to get some help there at receiver. And, again, They'll weigh MVS. I think he'll be back to be the big play threat. But again, I don't wouldn't put him out there as a consistent number two if I'm Green Bay. Lindsley is going to be a key re-sign up front to keep things going in the run blocking and offensive line in general, regardless of who's back there running at Jones, Williams, or Dylan in 2021. Now let's look at the Packers draft picks. They have the standard issue seven. Number 29 overall is their first one, 62, 93, 126, 157, 190, and 221. So Usual run of draft picks for the Packers. I mentioned that they might need to think about wide receiver this time after tabling it, going Jordan Love last year and surprising some people. Well, there are two great options here. Kadarius Toney, he's a slot receiver with some big playability from Florida. Terrace Marshall, he's just a speedster there from LSU. Stretch the field, has big size that the Packers like. All these guys, remember, are 6'4-ish, 6'3-ish that are playing opposite Devontae Adams. So you do have that speed. They like the tall, lanky, big-time receivers. Tony can do it on the inside. A lot like Randall Cobb could. So to me, the Packers really need to get better in the slot. It was a big deficiency here. They tried to work in Lazard. I don't think MVS or Lazard is a natural fit for the slot. So Tony would be a great pick. I think Marshall would be a great pick, but you'd have to adjust a little bit because I don't think, again, the in-house skill sets could do that. You might have to find... A different option, cheap, to work in the slot. Maybe you sign Danny Amendola away from the Lions or someone like that to uh, work the middle of the field and go in that direction. But, yeah, I think a receiver upgrade is certainly worth it to have some consistency to play off Adams versus just a occasional big play threat and some boomer bust type situation with the game production here. So that is definitely a position they could look at. I think you have to look also at the offensive line looking forward there. They need to uh, make adjustments. Uh, David Bakhtiari is back, but coming off a major injury. Do they address right tackle? Do they go get Jalen Mayfield, a player like that from Michigan? Do they wait for that round two pick to take an Alex Leatherwood 
or Liam Eichenberger, uh, Leatherwood of Alabama, Eichenberger of Notre Dame there, and address offensive line that way. Defensively, I think you could definitely try to boost this front around Kenny Clark here, the 3-4 ends, and go that direction. You're happy with the Smith brothers and what they bring, but yeah, definitely a pass rusher, trying to get a little bit more juice there, and maybe a corner they can look at again here after Kevin King had a tough time in the NFC uh, title game against the Buccaneers here to improve and uh, get a better complimentary corner to Jair Alexander. So a lot of things on the Packers to-do list to get a little bit better. They were the number one seed in the NFC, but we know they were uh, upset by the Buccaneers in Lambeau Field in the championship game, and the Bucs went on to win Super Bowl 55. So Packers still a little bit of unfinished business, could get a little bit better offensively, could get a little bit better defensively to really chase that goal of getting back to the Super Bowl now uh, well removed from that Super Bowl 45 run with Aaron Rodgers here. And, uh, again, that's going to be it for reality and fantasy. Get a little bit more production and uh, something we're going to watch for as the Packers uh, battle this offseason head-on with the LaFleur and general manager Bryant Gutkust. All right, so there's your comprehensive look at the Packers, what we just saw, what could be coming here, what we hope for the Packers, and what they have to kind of get over to uh, get to the next level of production. That's what we're looking for. We want all these teams. We're rooting for all these teams to simply get better with offensive production. Even the teams like the Packers that lead the league in scoring and have a lot of success, they can still get better and give us more assets, and that's what we're looking. So tomorrow, we, as planned for now, we'll look at the Minnesota Vikings. If something happens, we will pivot a little bit. But, yeah, the Minnesota Vikings are the last team in the – NFC North, and I will complete our look at half the teams here from a 2020 season review, 2021 offseason preview. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vidyar. Have a great day, and see you tomorrow.